Hola, mi amigos, and welcome to another episode of the Storm Chaser Improv Podcast Show, Game Tape. We here at Storm Chaser Incorporated are giant improv nerds, big old giant nerds. We love improv. We love performing improv. We love talking about improv. We're sort of on this never-ending quest to get better at improv, too. So Game Tape is a place where we get together and we review our most recent show. Just like athletes review their game tape to more accurately identify the strengths and the weaknesses of their game, so do we with improv. Now in the show, when we mention specific parts of our improv show, you may hear this sound. Followed by an actual clip from our actual show. In this episode, Anatasha and I chat about our show aptly called Don't Fucking Call Me Again. As you'll hear in the episode, Andrew Pish was off on some grand adventure that we weren't invited to, so he was unable to join us for the show or the podcast. I guess he was too busy for us. But that's just fine with us. I mean, we were totally, totally cool about it. It's totally, 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 totally fine. It's fine. In today's episode, Anatasha and I talk about what it's like when your improv is inspired by your real life the trials of capturing a stage-like sense of play over Zoom, and the things we would have, could have done differently if we were as good as Cook County Social Club. But first, here's Pish with a shout-out to our incredible sponsor. Improvisers of the world, Andrew here. I think we can all agree 2020 was quite a year. We all want to start 2021 on the right foot. And you know what? You beautiful humans, you don't have to do it alone. 2020 was a year of isolation. Let's make 2021 the year you find your community again. A dear, dear friend of mine, Kimberly Alou, at the People's Improv Theater, The Pit, is here to help you break through barriers and find the fun in the new year. Take a whole host of classes, including Fundamentals of a Form, where you can learn 12 improv forms throughout the year. There's also how to start a virtual indie improv team where you and your new classmates will spend six weeks developing a brand new form specifically tailored for this virtual world we found ourselves in. And also, approach to dramatic improv where things slow down and you'll find the power of silence in your scene work. So, whether you're a newbie improviser looking to up your game or an expert looking to stay fresh, she's got a class for you. Let me just say, Kimberly's been a great friend. She's been there for me. And she knows improv, so I know she can be there for you. Check out her upcoming classes, including start dates and pricing, at aluhu.com. That's A-L-U-W-H-O.com or thepit-nyc.com. That's T-H-E-P-I-T-N-Y-C.com. You're listening to the Storm Chaser Improv Podcast Show. No, the man has to do everything. The woman <laughs> looks pretty and sweeps which, the floor. Which you're doing very well. What did you say, Jacob? Ugh, okay. <laughs> what did he say? That's not true what? He said that's not true in Mothra. Him and my roommate are having a Godzilla marathon. So mm, nice. Well, should we talk about the show and stuff? How do you want to? Yeah, let's jump right in. I thought this show was really fun. I went yeah. back. I went back and watched <laughs> it, and uh, 
I had my headphones in so Wit couldn't see. She she missed the show because her dad was in town. But she saw me like laughing at ourselves. I thought it was really funny that even like right after we did the show, watching it back made me laugh is a good sign. I had a that lot is of fun. A great, yeah, that's a great sign. It's nice because it's been a while since it was just the two of us, like a long while. Yeah. Because was... we haven't done a Zoom COVID show. And then even before then, I think it had been a while since we did a duo. Yeah, I was trying to remember uh, when our last show that just the two of us was. I really don't remember. The last two duo that I remember doing was with Pish. And then the jigsaw with Jacob. And, <laughs> okay, it was a long time ago. It was so long ago. Yeah. Anyway, it was a delight to improvise with you. You're so good. And I feel like we always have like a really good. Uh, I feel like often we're on the same page. And it was nice to not have Pish uh, get in the way of that. Yeah, man, he's the worst. Just kidding. He was actually probably the best, my favorite part of this show. I totally agree. And how classic of a day when Pish wasn't going to be in the show that we sort of forced him into it anyway. Exactly. We love you, Andrew. Yeah, I, I uh, kind of went in wanting, like with the intention that I would try to let go of my attachment and be a little bit more free and try to like listen to you and just go with what was fun. I'm not 100% sure if I did that, but I definitely had fun considering we talked a lot and monologued a lot. I felt like we were listening to each other pretty well, all things considered. Like maybe we were like rambling a little bit too much, but it was it was like in sync, if that makes sense. It totally does. And I feel like the rambling we did was just, it was like sort of like a ball rolling down a hill and like you have to let it roll and it'll stop eventually. And maybe we just had some steep hills, but it did feel like, it didn't feel like we were pushing the ball. Does that make sense? Is that a weird analogy? No, yeah. It felt like the ball was rolling and we weren't pushing it. Yeah, it wasn't, it didn't feel hard to play with you. It never does. Oh, yeah. No, You're as funny fun. as you are handsome. For those who are hearing the soft timbers of his voice but don't see his face, he's very handsome. I'm incredibly good looking. That's uh, that's true. I knew we were going to be in a good state of play right from the very beginning because we were just like jumping on impulses, even in the introduction of the show, which led us to call Pish while he's on while he's driving home. Yeah, and he sent me photos from a place called White Sands National Park. Can you ask him why he didn't send me photos? Because... Uh, yeah, should I call him? Yes. Okay, let's see, if he, <laughs> let's see if he answers. Maybe we can get a suggestion from him. <laughs> okay, that's a great idea. We're calling Andrew Pish, hey, up, man? our teammate. Hey, we would like to get a suggestion for our show, please. A uh, suggestion for the show? Uh, don't fucking call me again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have to admit, I think a good portion of my play was because I watched The Godfather 2 last night and I couldn't stop thinking about mob families. <laughs> okay, I'm so glad you brought that up because one of the things I wanted to talk about was is how often things from our real life find their way unplanned and, and unforced, but find their way organically into our improv shows. You mentioned watching The Godfather. I had just watched Yellowstone with Kevin Costner. Have you seen that? No. Okay, it's basically like, like Kevin Costner is sort of like a mob boss figure. 
And one of the things they do in Yellowstone is to when they're going to kill people is they take them to the train station. When I tell you to take care of a problem, I expect you to figure out a solution. Look, he, Pinky, promised me that he would not step foot in this state again, right? I took him out to the depot like we always do, and I, and I had a, a wave of conscience come over me, and I said, look, man, I'm supposed to drop you off at the depot right now, but I don't want to drop you off at the depot, okay? So look me in the eye, and Pinky promised me that you'll never set foot in this state again. There's honestly a storyline in Yellowstone where the guy is supposed to take someone to the train station, but he gets conscious, he he feels bad and, and lets him go. So literally our scene is just totally plagiarized from Yellowstone that I, and it's been like three weeks since I watched it, but it just like came up and was in the show. And I was over here thinking about Michael being like, if you betray me once, we're done. There's no forgiveness, brother. I don't want to break your mother's heart, but you know what's got to happen next. Come on, buddy. You're going to take yourself down to the depot and you're going to take care of it. It's crazy how often that happens. You know, I have read and heard that TJ and Dave would walk around together before their shows. And I feel like this is very much of that same world where it's like, we like to talk before our shows. You're one of my best friends. So like we, we, you know, we talk about other things or hang out and do stuff. And then that stuff makes its way into the show. It's such little gifts, you know, to just use the well of your own life. I love it. I love it too. I think it's my, my favorite type of improv is like discovery and not invention. And as we experience life, we're constantly like putting things into our little like toolbox, our little bag of improv inspiration. And when stuff like that happens, it's you don't have to invent anything. You don't have to create anything because it's already in there. So you just have to let it out. It's a lot. It feels a lot easier to me. This show also reminded me of a few rehearsals that Storm Chaser had about just i think jet called it just like shitting your pants on stage so you just, so you'd be like doing a scene and then she'd be like and then shit your pants which means like whatever like don't think about it just like just do something bold like diarrhea everywhere of the mouth or the action and then after that happens live with what you did. So you don't try to explain it away or make it less. You just have to emotionally live with what you did. And I feel like we were both doing that a lot in the show where like, it, especially physically and vocally, we were kind of just like loosening our buttholes and just, you know, spouting or just doing stuff and then living with it and being like, and what does that mean? I especially felt this like with the pinky swear or like banging on your door to try to get you to open it. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I'm just doing stuff. And then I'm going to live with the consequences of that. Brennan, Brennan, stop. Brennan, stop. Brennan, stop, 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 stop. Oh, stop, stop, stop. Oh my gosh, what? 
Hey, I just wanted to see your face. How you doing? You good? How's it going? Oh, now, now you care how, I, how, I'm, how it's going? Now you care how it's going? I care so much. <laughs> and you were trying to push me away. Like what we had didn't matter. Brendan, I pushed you away because you lit my car on fire. Turns out, because of that weird action, I was a stalker. The things that kind of come from letting loose in that way, I felt like this show was a great example of that. I totally agree. I feel like the end of the first scene, I feel like our first edit was super smooth. I went back and watched it, and it's like this pinky swear, and to seal a pinky swear, everyone knows you have to kiss your thumb. So we sealed our pinky swear and kissed our thumb and both just kept kissing. And then our hands sort of left the scene and then we were just kissing. And then that like opened up into a new scene. I was like, man, that was smooth. Like that felt like one of our soft edits from our stage days. Yes, feels good to be able to do that kind of edit over Zoom. I never thought it would be possible, but it is shocking. When you believe <laughs> and you work at it, yeah, I love a physical edit. It just, it makes me feel like when I'm starting a scene that I'm not drowning in a vacuum of nothingness. And instead I have a trampoline, like a real great jumping point to be like, I have this one thing and it's great. Yeah. And that thing was kissing you, so. It was so great. I just called it a soft edit, but it, maybe it's more of an organic edit. Is there a difference? Whatever, an edit is an edit. I don't, you know, <laughs> I feel like putting labels on them. Yeah. Okay, so. Here's my theory. My theory is that if you put a label on it, a kind of edit, it makes it easier and clearer to teach quickly. Mm -hmm. But in all reality, it's just a change or a transformation. And so that can be anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I, I guess I call it that. It felt like on stage where like it, it would it could have been like a physicality, like in motion and, and movement inspired edit and not so much like a acting inspired edit right like it almost becomes like a dance and like a like it's a sound and a dance and then it moves into something and then there like was something like a, there was a little crossfade in the music and then there was a new song yeah i guess that's what people like in the herald having scene work and then a game to switch up the energy and we don't necessarily call it that or think of it as that but it sort of is just a game in fact we probably could have lived in it a little longer to be like i don't know what it is yet it's weird it's fine like performance art with a smile. Okay, so segue, forced segue. I love it. You are a hard ass coach. You're the hardest assist coach that you've ever had. What notes are you giving yourself? And what notes are you giving me? Ooh, okay. Let You're me not see. Travis right now. You're yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I have, oh man, this is hard for me because I have a tendency to just be an optimist and just look at all the things we did perfectly. Listen, I love that about you. And yeah. that is why part of why you're a great improviser is because I don't feel a lot of judgment from you in scenes. Okay. But I'm kind of hoping that we can like step outside of ourselves and be like, all right, well, what does my like director brain, my exclusively my director brain say? Sure, sure, sure. Okay. I think that we, I think that the only time we flipped the energy in this show was at the very end when you were doing like the talking like a baby thing and you sort of again you sort of did that crossfade edit where it was like shh, shh, shh. <laughs>
Are you talking to me like I'm a minor? Are you talking no, to no, me no, like no, I'm no, a no, minor? So like, Are you trying to talk a minor to me? You're just, you're not gonna say anything. You're just gonna go to the depot and you're gonna finish the job. And that was a really cool, like I felt the energy shift and you obviously did too because we edited there and it got really still for a second. And it was towards the end of the show, so it was too late unfortunately, but I found myself being like, oh, that's what this show has needed all along was some gravitas. So mm -hmm. if I was going to coach us, I would say maybe look for a place to flip the energy sooner because we were having a lot of fun and being very silly, but uh, we maybe could have balanced it a little more. Okay. I like that. I, I agree about it was a very yang energy, not a lot of yin. There wasn't as much of that until the end or not a lot of ma, which was something that was brought into our world by Holly Laurent and Miyazaki, the wonderful film animation director. So there wasn't a lot of quiet and a lot of just living in it. It was, but you know, to be honest though, you set the intention of bringing in high energy and you achieved that. Um, and also flipping energy. This is why I want to have a sperm chaserology about this. It never gets easy. It's, it has never become a thing where it's automatic. It's like if you have a yin energy for your show, that ball's, ball's rolling and you're going to go with it. If you have a high energy and like crazy, everybody's bouncing around, your body just wants to go with it. And it is so hard and has to be so intentional to be like, I'm going to just do the other thing now. It's so hard. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's, it's like the show you get caught up and when you have a high energy scene and it's going well and you're playing a fun character and there's an edit it's really hard to take that energy in your body and move it i mean what, what's the physics like an object in motion stays in motion mm -hmm. and i think it's especially hard in a two-person show because sometimes if you're when you have more than two the two people living in the scene are just living in the scene and then maybe like the person on the sideline can they can sort of have that awareness of like, what does the show need and bring it in for the sake of the show in the next scene. But when it's just two of you and you're like riding it and you're having fun and you're being silly and your mob bosses or spouses cheating on each other or girlfriends going over and over again, it's really, really hard to uh, turn the volume down a little bit. Yeah, I think that having that ma or that emptiness or calmness and then flipping it into high energy or vice versa is basically like the burpees of improv where mm. it always makes you sweat. Like it's always work. And I could be wrong. There might be somebody out there who's so good at it. But at least for me, if I don't think about it, it it's it has I've never gotten to the point where it just happens naturally. So maybe that's a talent that I just don't have. But I have to think really hard about being like, what hasn't this show had that it needs? Yeah. And then I'm going to do the opposite of what I'm doing now to give it, you know, some dynamics.
I like that. I like that a lot. I had the thought for today's show that just made me smile, and I'll just share it with you because I think it'll make you smile too. The little things, extra things we did in this show, like calling Pish on our phones and like me calling out, making Alexa play a song, like that to me felt like the same muscle of when we used to just find random crap backstage and play oh with it. Oh my gosh. That's, it, yeah, it was reminding me of our Neon Venus days. <laughs> if you're an LA improviser, sure you've played at neon venus but it was this like very small space like tiny tiny so tiny this like wonderful woman who ran it would be like all right yeah come play i want you to play twice a month but then we would play with the same other two teams and like we all got so sick of watching each other with like three other audience members but they had like a back closet and our poor lady we would just like go in the back and be like whoa toilet paper <laughs> and then like like children who ha didn't understand boundaries or that like you know just would be like mm, i'm gonna use this map in the scene but one thing that i you know if you listen to our interview with brendan jennings he talks about the show where he got naked at ios and and just finding yourself in something and then being like oh no i have to do that now and i feel like storm chaser some like usually one person will find themselves somewhere and be like oh no i found crackers backstage and like okay sorry this is i'm going on a little bit of a tangent but story time with anatasha story time with anatasha thank goodness teammates like we've talked about our boundaries a lot which by the way very important we we kiss each other we touch each other a lot but we've talked about it a lot so if you're out there improvising like that's something that i learned and and that you're like you need to have a conversation about where your boundaries are and respect those boundaries so first off just that i'm going to step in and just we've you coach a team uh called popular science and you've had me step in uh, for a couple rehearsals oh I, I love them popular science we love you guys oh i'm sure you miss improv as much as we did but i had a rehearsal with them that to their i mean they're so sweet they they were like man that totally changed the way we play it was such a great rehearsal but and it was about being physical in your improv and honestly all i did really was sit them all down and we went around in a circle and was like what are you comfortable with and what aren't you comfortable are you comfortable being picked up are you comfortable kissing are you comfortable having your privates touched are you comfortable taking your clothes off like what are you where's your line at because once you know where your line is and you're playing with people who respect you you won't cross it but you can get right up to it full of confidence you're not worried absolutely and also just Sorry, I just have to say one more time. I love popular science. Everyone on that team is super funny. And I was very proud that I coached them for as long as I did because I just think they're so great. Anyway, um, story. The story is, is that I went backstage and found crackers. This was at the clubhouse on Vermont, upstairs in the treehouse space. I found crackers backstage. Jesse is playing my young son. He's on stage. And as I grab them, I'm like, oh my gosh, the sketch team from the hour before this left this. Like this is a this is a prop that's been left. And I was like, this is amazing. So then I was like, are you hungry? You know? And as I'm coming back out on stage with the crackers, Jesse, who doesn't see me and is brilliant, of course, says something like, yeah, mom, I'm hungry. Baby bird me. <laughs> and normally, normally I would mime something like this, but I'm caught. The audience sees me 
And they see that Jesse has said this. Could you describe what baby bird me means? Like when you, you know, how a mama bird chews up the worm <laughs> and feeds it to the baby bird. I'm sure Jesse's like, ha ha, that's funny. What a funny thing. This is going to be a great moment. I mean, he's not thinking that because he's, he's brilliant and it comes from some other place that I'll never understand. But then I'm like, I'm caught. The audience sees that I have crackers. This just has to happen. So I start chewing them and like make, I make eye contact with him and I can see <laughs> very a he's nervous, but he's also tickled and is like giving me the like, yeah, we have to, we have to now. Mm -hmm. So I chew up the crackers oh, and I, I drop them, I baby bird them, I drop them right into Jesse's mouth. He's sitting on a chair and I'm like standing over him. This is way, disgusting. way, way. This is years ago, folks. Far yes, before the COVID. Years ago. And, and it's it's the most disgusting thing I've ever done on stage. I mean, <laughs> I have done some stuff, but it is it's by far the most disgusting thing. But it was like, I just, that's one thing that I just always really loved about playing with y'all, still love, is that I'm like, if I get if I catch myself in something where I'm like, oh, no. I either have to do this now or I'm uh, like a baby, <laughs> you know, I'm going to back off the scary thing because it's gross or scary or like not, you know, I don't know. It's a lot. It's a storm. Yeah. You know, like Jesse just looked me in the eye and was like, it's okay. Let's do it. Yeah. And to your credit, that moment killed because the audience saw it all unfold and they, every single one of them was like, uh oh, when those moments happen without having to baby purge your teammate where you can see where the improv wants you to go, it's such a joy. But sometimes like it was it's clear where the improv wants you to go. And if you don't go there, it's gonna you're gonna take all the energy out of the show. And then you have to work your way back and mm -hmm. it's so hard. It it happens to me every time I have to sing on stage. It's like I need to sing. It's been said, I have to sing now. But no part of me wants to sing our baby bird, but we try to find joy. Well, and we've all been in those moments too, where we haven't done the thing we've chickened out and man, that's just the worst. And also as gross as it was for whatever reason, people of Los Angeles, I got two guys phone numbers that night after the show. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> those are some kinky dudes, Tosh. Apparently they were just like, you're funny i like that and i was like oh you're cute i don't know if you're funny they were but they were no jacob so no are you sure they weren't just in like some weird fetish and like wanted you to baby bird them i have no idea you didn't follow up on that no i didn't date either of them in any real capacity so i have no <laughs> idea okay okay anyway thanks for letting me tell that story i love it, it. reminds me of the funyun story where we're like ah, oh, you want a snack yeah Travis and I did the show where we found Funyuns backstage in a bag of Doritos. And then the moment we put them in our mouth, we realized that they had definitely been there for like five plus years because they tasted like death. Like, like oniony dirt. Like salt, like Ugh. pure dirt salt. Man. But we did it because we you know what? We painted ourselves in a corner. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for going us with us on that long roundabout trip in our way of just saying that like what are you saying what are you no, saying no i love it I, I that's what this podcast is for we're just talking shop but it's i like that because that's you know zoom improv is a challenge i think any improviser who's done a zoom show 
feels that it's harder to generate that sense of play. So there were little elements of today's show that felt like that, that was kind of fun to play with the bit at the end. Did you know, did you know you were asking me to call Pish or were you trying to pit me into doing a scene by myself? I knew that you were going to call Pish. I was like, I was like, I'm 90% sure if I say the words, call him because you had already called him when we introduced the show. I was like, Travis will pick up on it. I almost missed it. I will say my first thought was, ah, freaking Tosh, she's trying to pin me into doing a scene with myself. But then luckily I was like, wait a minute, what do it? It sort of reminds me of that. We rehearsed with uh, Greg Hess of Cook County of like, in this world of this show, like the improvised form we came up with, when you make a phone call, it's a real phone call, you know? So we made a, that we sort of established that bit in the beginning and then at the end, it was like, call him. And I realized like, oh yeah, in this world, phone calls are real. Everything else can be mimed and improvised and fake, but phone calls are real. And thank goodness Pishy answered. What a, what a gem. I want you to get Gavin on the phone. I want you to call. I don't care if he's dry. I don't care where he is. I don't care that he said don't call him. You're going to call him right now. And he's going to pick between the two of us right now. No, who he no. loves more. All right. Do you Fine. know he sent me? Do you know that he, he sends me pictures every morning of his breakfast? Let's find out. Let's see what he says. What is even your name? talk about me oh, he's probably in a meeting he probably doesn't want he's probably in a meeting he yeah. always hello call back, for babe, babe 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 baby don't hang up okay I'll ask him if he loves me more than you, right, you look your your girlfriend i'm doing air quotes babe like i you know that like i do your girlfriend is wondering who you love more her or me and now you have to say Well, she called your iPad and I answered, and we've been fighting for like three minutes. Oh my God. I mean, I did not want you to find out like this. I'm so sorry. I'm not even. Wait, who are, who are you sorry to? Wait, you're my wife, aren't you? You have a wife? 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 Oh. I kept saying that I was like, this is going to be the best show ever because Pish isn't here. And yet <laughs> he was there. He still found a way to steal the show. Speaking of Greg Hess, I was actually thinking about the pattern of knocking on the door and you answering and being like, right, leave me alone. And then slamming the door and me knocking on the door and you answering and being like, leave me alone. And I was like, oh, if we were Cook County. I was like, oh, we probably would have done that a lot more and it would have developed in a way. Mm -hmm. But I liked that we picked up on it even a little bit and it was fun. So I'm like, oh, I want to keep an eye out for those things where I can like set you up to repeat yourself in a fun way. I mean, the audience was so key on discovering those moments, you know? I know, because if because they, if you get a big reaction, you're like, oh, I'll do that again. You're just like, oh, bookmark that for later. Here's just a quick rapid fire list of things that brought me joy in this show. Okay. You don't have to respond if you don't. Oh, want I to. love this. I okay. love this. This is rapid fire. First of all, the water bottles. I had my water bottle and I brought it up because I thought it was going to be funny to like drink from this big water bottle as a bit. And then you had like the exact same water bottle, not pre-planned. This brought me so much joy. I loved that. I was so, when you brought it out and I was like, oh my gosh, I have my water bottle and I brought it out. I was very smug. I was like, this is so, this is tickling me. Next, 
brought me joy. Nunchucks versus size. We somehow found a way to have like the silliest, dumbest ninja fight over Zoom. I really loved it. I was imagining you as Michelangelo and me as Raphael and Ninja Turtles. Everyone knows Mikey's the best Ninja Turtle, so that's a huge compliment. Thank you. My favorite's Donatello. Okay, nerd. <laughs> nerd! Uh, <laughs> I started calling, wait, hold on, hear me out, because you love the jazz. I started calling Mike Connolly nunchucks because he's Mike, he's Mikey, and he wears a headband, and sometimes on NBA 2K20, when they're in the green uniforms, I'm like, he looks like a Ninja Turtle. That's like so many random pieces of information to I, get to that nickname, but yes. I love it. I have a nickname for most of the starting jazz that and some of their bench that it did take me that long to get to. And it's like just mine and Jacob's. Like we have like very specific nicknames. I'll share the other ones at a later date. Two more things that brought me joy. First, I was so proud of you when you remembered my character's name, Gavin. When you brought it back, uh, when we were on the phone, you were like, call Gavin and tell it, see who he loves the most. I am terrible at remembering characters' names and you did it and I'm really proud of you. Gold star. Oh, thank you. And then lastly, I just thought like we couldn't have asked for a better button from Pish. He had no idea what the scene was about or what was going on. And he yes ended this random phone call. And I, it was one of those like magic improv moments. And it, I loved it. it was like, you have a wife? This is like such a, this is where you're like, there's no mistakes, man. Because it's like, yeah, that's the thing. That's what's happening. It was really fun. Yeah, it really was fun. I love playing with you, Tosh. You're very good at improv. Hey, thanks. You're really good at improv too. And I love you. Make sure you guys check out our shows. This show, I think we're just going to go off our suggestion, which was uh, don't fucking call me again. You can find the show on YouTube. If you're curious about what we've been talking about, check it out. And also check out our shows. We have shows every Wednesday at 6 p.m. streaming to our Facebook page. We would love to have you there. Bye. Bye. Hey, y'all, thank you so much for taking 30 minutes of your day to nerd out with us about this craft we all love, improv. If you're an improviser currently out there doing shows, please let us know. We want to support you, and we'd love to hear your thoughts about what's working for you and what challenges you're facing in this new computer screen era while we count the days until we can get back on stage. Send us an email at stormchaserimprov at gmail.com or connect with us on Instagram at stormchaserimprov, on Facebook backslash stormchaserimprov, and on our website with links to the podcast, including show notes at www.stormchaserimprov.com. And hey, if you're enjoying nerding out with us on this podcast, please consider leaving a short review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. It takes less than 60 seconds. And as we're getting started here, it really makes a big difference for the growth of our show. That's all for now. On Friday, we're releasing another episode of our Artist Brain series, though, so you definitely want to check that out. We sat down with one of our all-time favorite improvisers and clowns, Juzo Yoshida. Until then, go chase a storm. Thank you for listening to the Storm Chaser Improv Podcast Show.